0: Say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not what you want it to be. You need another
1: chance to be. Who Hello everyone, and welcome to A New Direction. My name is Jay Izzo, and oh wow, do we have a great show today? I am just telling you, this is probably one of the most powerful shows I have ever done, if not the most powerful show I have ever done. I am with Special Forces, the unit you may know him more as Delta Force. I am with retired Command Sergeant Major Tom Saddley, and I am just telling you, wow, wow. The book is called All Secure. For those of you who are joining me live on Facebook or live on Castbox FM, and for those of you driving around, uh, you know who are listening to the show later on podcast or ninety-three point five FM The Oak. Listen, I'm going to just tell you something. This book, All Secure, Tom Satterly, absolutely unbelievable, absolutely fabulous. It is just a must-read. You, you're going to pick it up, I'm telling you, and you're not going to be able to put this thing down. Uh, the secondary title, A Special Operation Soldiers Fight to Survive on the Battlefield and the Homefront. Front. Wow. I'm just telling you, wow, I, I, and by the way, he is absolutely outstanding, and you know what, I'm going to be remiss because his wife, Jen, is not going to be on the phone, but I'm telling you, she's so much a part of this, and we know we're going to talk about his special foundation that him and Jen have put together called the All Secure Foundation and helping veterans, combat veterans, especially with PTS. I did not say PTSD. I left that D off intentionally because we don't want to, It's not about the D. All right, because it, it gets a h- horrible stigma. Um, but post-traumatic stress and and it's not a disorder, folks. So let's, let's get rid of that. All right. I'm a psychological professional uh, and uh, I, I agree with Tom on this and I'm going to keep saying it. It's PTS. And I'm going to say it over and over again. So, folks, we're going to deal with all the stuff that comes with it and uh, today, but we're going to talk about his journey and what that looked like going from Edinburgh, Indiana, to where he is now, and uh, you're going to love him, and uh, you're going to also love his wife, Jen, because she is a special part of this, for sure. But hey, let's do what we do every week before we get to Tom, and that is I walk you through the four areas of your life. Look, we are four-part people. We are physical people, we are mental people, we're emotional people, and we're spiritual people. And you know what, if you don't believe that, just check in with yourself every day because I guarantee you that uh, all four of those areas are being affected, especially in how we live in today's world, right? We're having to do things a little bit differently because, you know, we're living in a different world right now. And so what I want to do is I usually take people through on a scale of 1 to ten, one being miserable, 10 being outstanding, I usually ask you, you know how would you rate yourself on these areas and I'm still going to do that uh, for all of you but what I really want to capture is the idea of what can what can I do to improve right so if your number let's say it's physical and physically you know I ask you you know what are you doing right now you know I mean uh, if any of you watch my videos I sometimes you know, right now I'm, I'm putting, you know, five gallon buckets of water on an eight foot piece of pipe and I'm doing deadlifts and, you know, carrying buckets up hills and doing all sorts of things with rubber bands and stuff like that. And, you know, there's just things that we have to do differently if we want to stay in condition and stay in shape. By the way, we need to eat a little bit better. We, uh, you know, we need to put down the fork. Uh, we need to be careful about the types of foods that we're snacking on. People are tending to snack a little bit more. We just need to be careful. So on a scale of one to ten, everybody out there, uh, one being miserable, ten outstanding, how are you doing physically, right? And whatever that number is, it is that number. I'm not here to chastise you. I'm just here to ask you this question. What can you do to take it to the next number, right? I'm not asking you to go from a four to a ten. I just want to get you from a four to a five or maybe a 4.5, okay? And there's and, and what can you do right now? What can you change right now? when you After you're done listening to the show, right? what are you going to do to change yourself physically right that's right and so whatever that number is whatever that number is, that's your first number all right it is what it is that's your first number all right you got that second number is the mental number and what i mean by the mental number and i try to explain it this way is how are you actively consuming information that's making you better more knowledgeable how are you actively pulling that in uh you know i read a book a week and so for me Reading a book a week is how I actively keep my brain engaged. I'm actively consuming information that's helping me be better, giving me greater understanding, um, learning. I learned so much from Tom's book, um, All Secure, uh, things I just didn't know. And it, it, it's absolutely fabulously written, too, by the way. But how, what are you doing? You know, you, you could take up an instrument. You can maybe learn a foreign language. One of the things that I learned through Tom's book is, you know, they take all these different schools. They're constantly working their mind, you know, and they're constantly in training, constantly doing things, not just with their bodies, but they're also training their mind as well. So on a scale of one to 10, how would you say you're doing mentally? All right. And then again, whatever that number is, it is. But then I want you to think, what what can I actively do to be able to take it to the next level? Okay. Then we got so you got two numbers. So now we got a third number. It's the emotional number, and the emotional number is different than the mental number. And the the emotions are those things that either uh, that we uh, control that affect us, or that we use to tap into others, right? And so you know emotions have a huge range. You know it's it 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 it, sadness has a variety of range. You know sometimes we feel weepy, sometimes they feel like wailing, sometimes they feel sad, sometimes they feel melancholy, right? Sometimes I feel a little low, but happiness has a variety of different, you know, levels too, right? Sometimes I'm elated. Sometimes I feel, wow, you know, sometimes I'm laughable. So there's just a variety of things. So we got to get a control of how we feel. And then second of all, how well we are to tap into the emotions of others. Let Let me just say that about those two things. First of all, when it comes to our emotions, we can control them. The circumstances don't dictate how what our emotions are. We dictate how our emotions are. We can control our emotions. And I, I say this all the time. You could kick me in the shin as hard as you want. I have a variety of responses that I can make if I really want to choose them. I'm not saying that it's always easy. I'm just saying that I can choose them if I train myself to be able to choose my emotions. By the same token, I have the ability, if I will shut up long enough, to be able to relate and understand the emotions of other people, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you, how do you think you're doing emotionally? And then what can you do you know, intentionally to change your emotions, right? And then finally, there's a spiritual area. And people often say, what's the spiritual area? Well, if you remove the emotional, the mental, and the physical, anything that's left is really the spiritual area. You know, we, you find that people have a variety of ways of how they get to a sense of inner peace or a sense of inner calmness or a sense of joy, which is different than happiness. And it comes from a variety, you know, people use a variety of different resources to do that. Sometimes they pray. Sometimes they believe in God. Sometimes they do meditation. Sometimes they do nature. Whatever that may be, there is a spiritual element where, you know, even music can touch the soul. You know, and so, you know, how is that spiritual area working for you? So if it is God, how is that relationship working out for you? If it's, if it's meditation, how is that working in terms of being able to put you in the right place? And what is that number for you? And then how can you make that better for you? So now you got four numbers, right? Those are like the legs of a chair. And if you think about it, if those four numbers are out of balance, it's like sitting on a chair in an awkward position, and that's never very good for your posture. By the same token, if the chair is too low, right, again, it's hard to sit at a normal table and, and, and eat food when you're sitting so low. And it's also not as good on your posture as well. So the whole idea is to bring up all four areas of your life. Try to bring them up in balance and get them to the right height so that you can be the best person that you can be. And by the way, I just have to say that the person that I'm about to introduce to you is absolutely uh, awesome, and I think he's one of those people who would probably say right away, I agree with all four of those areas because he has had to deal with all four of those areas. His name is Tom Satterley. He was born and raised in Seymour, Indiana, and joined the army with the hopes of seeing the world. Right. Uh, 25 years later, he retired as the high as the highly decorated. Command Sergeant Major of Delta Force and the most elite and secretive U.S. military special operations unit. Tom fought in and was portrayed in the Oscar-winning winning 2001 film, Black Hawk Down, which was the longest sustaining firefight since Vietnam. Um, Tom de- has been deployed countless times around the world. Um, matter of fact, as he says in his books, there were so many missions that they ran all together and it was hard to know when one started and one ended. It, it was just the way it was. Um, he led hundreds of hostage rescue and direct action missions to kill or capture terrorists and highly, highly valued targets, including the capture of Saddam Hussein. Tom currently serves alongside his wife, Jen Satterly, as co founders and chief program officers of All Secure Foundation, which serves special operations combat warriors and their families uh, to help them heal from the invisible wounds of war. And in addition to the All Secure Foundation, um, Tom and Jen also operate Virago, uh, platform for women who are in a relationship with a special operations combat warrior who is also suffering from PTS. Tom currently resides with his wife and his two stepchildren in the Midwest, and um, Tom's son Thomas is proudly serving in the United States Army. So, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show and please welcome to a new direction, Tom sadly Tom, welcome to a new direction.
2: Hey, thank you, Jay. I really appreciate you having me on, and thank you for all the kind words you said.
1: Absolutely. So, uh, Look, this book is um, is extraordinarily powerful. I told you I've, I've actually gone through it twice. And uh, I was just blown away. But, you know, I'm also a psychological professional. So the other part of the site, psych- I'm also, you know, looking at the psychology of it. And I know that when I say that, that doesn't bring back necessarily good memories for you uh, of psychology professionals. But. Um, I was looking at this because the whole book kind center of around, centers around a particular theme that happens for you because really, y- you started out being bullied as a little boy.
2: Yeah. Yeah, certainly not a good time in my life. Um, you know, it passes for most people and, and a lot of people get bullied, but it kind of stuck with me the way it was drug out over time
1: yeah but i think what's interesting about that for me is that not only you but it's that bullying piece that you you could start on this journey of going you know once you take down the bully yourself you start on this journey of going you know what i'm not just going to take out that bully i'm going to start taking out bullies all over the world man i you, you i mean go ahead
2: no, it's like they come in packs, you know, it, 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 uh, it wasn't so much, I guess, at the time of taking out bullies as it was finding myself and the ability to do so. And then when it presented itself, you know, for the military, it was like, yeah, you know, here's some college money. I'll get in and get out. But when the real takedown, you know, world leader bullies kind of popped up, I was like, wow, here's an opportunity to, to help those who can't help themselves. Right. And, and that was really appealing and, and too hard to turn away from me.
1: Yeah, you know, you make it a real big point in the book that, you know, even even as bad as everything had become for you, there were still parts of this job you really loved. I mean, you did love the camaraderie of it. You you did love the fact that you knew that what you did mattered. You you know, there was, a I mean, because it, I know it wasn't always easy, but there was still, even at its worst point, you still loved what you were doing, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I completely loved who I worked with. I loved my job. I, I loved the hours. I mean, there was nothing about my job I did not love. I think at the time, those years ago, I was tired and burnt out, and I didn't know what I was going through. I didn't know what I was suffering. I just, I thought maybe I'm done with it. Maybe I'm not good anymore. I'm not, you know, I never felt good enough, but when you're getting older and slower and the young guys are coming up, you know, that really, really starts the way on you. And I felt it more and more and even though I loved the job, it was almost that feeling of, I'm in the way. And I, I wouldn't admit it, so I just kept trying harder and harder, and it, and it tears you down more and more, you know, mentally and physically. And, and I just kept going as far as I could up until the point where I just got bitter and angry, and it was all really directed outward, but it was, it was really starting internally. And that's kind of what I want to share with everybody, is, is to you know, and hopefully in the book is to look inward. You know, I, I could blame a lot of people my entire life for the bad things or the hard things or the difficult things in my life or how I feel now. And that's the easy part. And once I turned it around inward, you know, and started pointing the finger at myself, I could get to work. I could get to work on me. I could identify what the problems were. And it was just so much better. But that took, that took years after retirement before I even slowly started to get into that level mm-hmm. of awareness Of what's wrong and then have the tools to work on those things
1: well let's let's kind of talk let's talk about how we get there I think one of the things that a lot of people I I know the civilians don't understand you know even even as much as I try to understand it I know I don't have a complete grasp full grasp of understanding because I think what happens is for those of us who kind of just sit and watch you know, war on TV or in a movie, right? I think what happens is we think we know, but we don't know because this, this, this becomes, I I don't think it becomes kind of a gradual progression over time. Does it not? It's not, it's not, it's not a, is is it, is it it a one-time thing or is it progressively the longer you stay in the worse that it becomes?
2: I think that depends on the situation and the person okay. that it happens to, because people take different levels of stress and, and they can recover quicker or through training, you know, mitigates risk, mitigates your fear of something. Um, and you could take a, a regular individual that's never done anything or seen anything. they could be in a car wreck mm-hmm. and they could have, you know, PTS and develop it. And I think you get complex PTS over time with multiple iterations of things that repeat themselves or things that never seem to end And I found my mind always looking for, you know, the end of a story. Mm. You got the beginning and the middle. It's already used to, but the end of the story is not here. So my mind finishes it for me. Mm. And it always seems to be a negative ending for me. Um, for years, it was, everything was going to end up bad. I was a pessimist. I, I had zero empathy. I didn't care about anybody's problems because they got themselves into it. And I was literally not caring for anyone else for a while. And it honestly stemmed from not caring about myself. I mean, I cared more about other people and took care of more people than I ever did for myself. You know? and, and that's not saying I haven't upset people or done things horribly, you know, horrible to people, but it was one of those things where it just, you know, I think I look back to Somalia 93. I'm sure that's when my switch flipped, when I, I, I relented to the fact that I wasn't going to make it out that night. I remember sitting there having, having a conversation in my head of I'm going to take as many people as I can with me and hopefully save as many of my friends as I possibly can, but I'm not gonna make it out tonight. And that was the start, I think, of the buildup of the lies I would tell myself about everything that came after. The deaths, the friend's death, you know, the people that you work with death, even the enemy's deaths that come back to haunt you later because they can remove muscle memory, they can, or they can remove thought through training and make it muscle memory. I enter a room, I see a hand, There's a thread in it. I kill that body that's attached to those hands. I don't even look at people's faces. I couldn't say if it was a woman, a man, a kid. I go in, there's hands. If there's a thread in their hands, that that person's dead. And if there's nothing in your hands, you're you're thrown to the floor. You're dealt with later. And then it's over. So there's no thought in those things that you, you do. It's all training and muscle memory. But down the road. That moral injury is going to creep up on you because you've been taught your whole life, don't take a life, don't do this, don't do that. So those things we tell ourselves to feel better about it, to do that job, to dehumanize the enemy um, so you can do that job, that sticks with you years and years unless you deal with it. And I wasn't dealing with it. You know, I was, I was, you know, just recently my wife would ask me, would you ever forgive yourself for the people you killed in Somalia or this and I go, you know, what? and I, I freaked out. Those people deserved it. They did this. They tried to kill me. And it was like, I was defending myself because subconsciously I feel wrong and I have to defend myself immediately. And that's just me kind of thinking through, why do I do that? Why do I get so angry about that? And it's because I feel like it's wrong. So I get heated and elevated to defend my position, but I must subconsciously not have forgiven myself. You know, and those always, that seems to be where it creeps up on people. And and, and the ones that don't want to admit it, openly you know i'm tough i'm a commando i'm this i'm then i know we all are right but you're also human with emotions and i don't care how big of a commando you are those emotions
1: are stronger uh we're talking with tom wow we're talking with tom saturday he is uh command sergeant major retired uh delta force the unit is uh also what it's known as and uh we're talking about his book all secure uh, a special operation soldier fight to survive on the battlefield and on the home front. Um, absolutely, um, absolutely one of the best books that you will ever read. And Tom, I need to give you a quick message. It's from Arturo de La Garza. And he says, Tom, hope you're doing well, brother. And uh, who so uh, I want to give uh, Arturo a little shout out there for you because I'm sure that's why he's watching live here on Facebook and uh, also maybe on Castbox FM. We got some folks, and you're listening to Tom Satterly here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, do you know New Direction has a couple sponsors that support this show financially? And one of them is Epic Physical Therapy. And whether you're recovering from an injury or surgery maybe you're suffering everyday aches and pains maybe you're having difficulty performing activities of daily living maybe you're just unable to perform athletic activities because you're this top level athlete and you're just not able to perform at the level you like to perform at or perhaps you just you know you're just looking to improve how you feel and move look the elite team at epic physical therapy will provide you with a customized treatment plan tailored to your individual needs With their experience in rehabbing young athletes to elite professional athletes, they understand the need to treat the entire body as a functional whole, not just your symptoms or your injury. So look, if you're ready for Epic Relief, Epic Recovery, and Epic Results, don't look anywhere else. You can learn more and get all of that by going to EpicPhysicalTherapy.com. That's EpicPT.com, E P I C. P-t.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, look, it doesn't matter where you're at in the world, Linda Craft and her experienced professional team can help you find the right real estate professional in your area to help you either sell your home or buy your home. The reason why they're able to do that is because they are connected with real estate professionals all over the world, but they are connected to Not just somebody who works for a company because Linda Kraft and her team are are locally owned and operated. They are not connected to a national firm. So they literally seek out the best real estate professionals in your area that will help you make the best decision possible for you and your family. And here's the thing. Their clients, their customers say this about them. And you know what it is? Their customer service is legendary. That's right. That's what their customers say about Linda Craft and her team. So look, if you're ready for legendary customer service, don't look anywhere else. Start with the legends of customer service at Linda Craft and Team Realtors. And you can learn more by going to That's lindacraft.com. That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T dot com. And we're back here on A New Direction with... Um, uh, with... with uh, with his book, all secure, um, and uh, it's just we're we're just getting started into it here in the first segment of the program. So, Tom, I think one of the things that you just said in the last segment was really important because I got the same sense too when I read the the book that the reality is that your the the switch really flipped. When you were in Mogadishu, Somalia, in in and I guess that's 1993, and so uh, that's when uh, I guess you know you're in a battle for 18 hours, and there's all sorts of chaos happening. Uh, a Black Hawk, not just one Black Hawk went down, right? Four Black Hawks go down. Uh, is that is that yeah. right? Do I, do I have that right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, two were shot down in the city, and I think about every airframe was shot up and either crash-landed either back at the airfield or at the port on the way to the airfield.
1: Yeah, matter of fact, I, I, this, I don't mean it to sound funny, but really, it, it, it was really kind of a funny moment of the book, because you, you, there's a point, point in here where you go, you know, you talk about pucker factor, <laughs> and then you say in the chapter, you go... Oh, by the way, Pucker Factor soared to a thousand. <laughs> That's what you said. And I and I was like, Well, yeah, I hope so. And I don't mean to make but it just it it really caught me off guard that all of a sudden you you threw in Pucker Factor right in the middle of this whole thing. <laughs> I'm like, God I was like, Oh, oh my gosh. I'm so I'm so glad that you actually, you know, had that, you know, looking back on it going, Oh yeah, no, 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 trust me. Because there was there was a there was you were you were there was a lot happening because you were, you know, you were trying to get Radio Mog and that didn't happen. And then you went after one of Adid's lieutenants, Osman aliotto And, um, and so, and now, you know, you've got, you've got all of a sudden the CIA agent gives you all this information. And uh, the next thing you know, Blackhawks are down all over the place. That was, that's really your, it, right. This is really your really first experience in a real huge firefight of that level. Correct.
2: Yes. And it, it, it started on infill. It was heavy, sporadic and heavy. And then it just, the volume just gradually increased and and increased until the helicopter, the first helicopter was shot down and we got to that site. And I was like, are you kidding me? The volume of fire, it was nonstop pretty much the entire time. Um, And I, you know, every mission before that was like what you think combat would be. What I thought, you know, that's me. I thought combat would be, would be, you know, exchange fire. The bad guys lose, you know, and you don't, you know, I, I considered people dying and getting shot, but you don't, I don't want to dwell on that. That's not good for recruitment. That's not good for motivation for myself. So it's one of those invincible things, you know, we're highly trained, but running around in plastic helmets and then, and then boom, you're like, Whoa, we're not, we're not invincible. The reality set in of the you know, that young warrior that could do anything. And all of a sudden you're stuck in the middle of a battle and reality sets in. And it was like hard pill to swallow. Um, and you can't, you know, you can't raise your hand for timeout and get your head together and collect your thoughts. You're still in the middle of it and everybody wants you dead. So it was, a, it was a hard change for, for a young guy who had never really seen combat other than, you know, a couple of missions before that with a few shots fired here and there. Um, and then boom, people dying, helicopters getting shot down and the overwhelming sense of death while you're running out of ammo, water and food and, and medical supplies the whole time was was a bit much, I mean, I, I would, for any person, you know, any operator there, I, I've spoken to pretty much most of the people that were there recently, a lot of my close friends, and they were like, yeah, I didn't think I was going to make it. It's terrified. It sucked. I mean, all those things you say that are hard to say that you think other war are going to put you down like oh you were scared and terrified and you thought you're going to die you know you should be out fighting and killing people that's easy to say it's easy to sit back a monday morning quarterback when you've never done it but you know let I, I joke about walking into a room and saying hey who wants to get in a firefight with me and anybody that raised their hands i'll take everybody else because <laughs> Maybe one and don't want to go there and the other guys have never one and are excited about it and they think it's a good idea. I don't want those guys anymore because they haven't figured out bullets fly both ways.
1: Right. We're talking with Tom uh, uh Actually, let me correct that. That's Command Sergeant Major Retired Tom Satterley. His book is All Secure uh, here on New Direction. Yeah, I I think, you know, I think what happens is... People have some idea. I, I, I keep saying this over and over again. you You don't have you really don't have an idea. and um and and to think that you do, or to think that, oh, that would be so much fun or to think that would be great, or I just I'm like going you got to read this book, folks, because the details in this book will make you think twice. All right, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, the details in this book that Tom puts out will make you think two times, if not four or five times, and if it doesn't wake you up real quick and go, oh boy, you know, because one of the things that you say over and over again in this book is that the sights, the sounds uh, n- never left you, but the one of the biggest things you said, and of course, this is true research, we know this psychologically, but the smells were were horrible. Im- horrible.
2: Yeah, I I can't bleach clothes anymore. My wife bleaches clothes. I smell in the house. I immediately I'm in Somalia, 4 October, sand and blood and bleach everywhere. In the morning sun, as it heats up on the tarmac, immediately brought back with that smell. Um, it's uh, it's a powerful stimulant for my brain to go back to that time. And I've had to work to, to accept it, to, to not let it overwhelm me. You know, they're memories, and they're bad ones, and it's a long time ago. But that always leads me into not so long a time ago. And, oh, by the way, I still have friends in the military now who are deploying overseas repeatedly at a time. And and then every now and then you get word, hey, so-and-so's dead, so-and-so died, or so-and-so killed themselves. And it's like, wow, it just keeps on going. Um, it's, it's never ending unless you deal with it. And the people who don't deal with it will suffer until they do. And I've spoken to people who fought in the Battle of the Bulge recently. Some 90-some-year-old gentleman, we sat at his table and cried after I spoke because he had never gone out and asked for help. He was going to go out and get help the next day after my speech, along with a Vietnam vet who said, you know, it's been 20, 30-some years. I've been suffering. I'm like, well, not as long as him, but at least you caught on now. Mm. I tell the new guys, go now. Go get those tools now, whether you need it or not. Because you're going to need it down the road. At least you'll have them now. At least you'll be studying for that test a bit before you get delivered that test to take. But you will have to take that test one day.
1: One of the things that you said, and I'm hearing you loud and clear. But I think one of the things that you said in the book that you know kind of really struck me was, you know, you knew you knew that there was something after, especially after Mogadishu. You knew that there was something that had the switch had flipped and but you didn't dare because when the psychiatrist came to you as you guys were about to get loaded back on the plane your that psychiatrist said to uh said to you um guys what may happen here is you may lose you may lose it you may find yourself crying uh, you know, in in an odd time or an odd place, and it just may come out of nowhere. And yet, you you tried to keep it all in, and you guys didn't talk about it because you were also afraid of losing your job. Because you, as you make it really clear, you're constantly being assessed to stay in the unit, and you don't want to you don't want to leave it. Right, and, and didn't want to break down in front of a friend.
2: We're, we're joking. We're laughing at the, at the therapist, at the psychologist. Like, what's he talking about? You know, he's a cool dude. I mean, what do you mean we're going to break down? That's crazy. This is over. And once we're home, we're even safer. And, and almost as if he knew what he was doing and saying, the moment I walked into my house and, and my wife asked me, so how was it? I immediately broke down and started just bawling and babbling. I couldn't even talk. And I remember, I remember the next day i tell my friend, like, wow, all well, that happened. You know, <laughs> it was as much as we talked about it. You know, he's like, yeah, yeah, I had one of those episodes. And I'm like, that was it. That was as much as we talked about it. I put it away, never brought it up again. Other than when me and my friends would sit around and drink beer on three October and and talk about the, the lives we've lost. All we did was really drink, tell stories and get drunk. And that was it. There was no therapy. There was no discussion of how we felt. It was always just honoring the fallen. And I just thought that that all those feelings that I had was what it meant to be a warrior. And that's what made me a warrior was to not care, to not have emotions or empathy. And that way you could go around the world and just kill who you needed to kill and not, not even bother with it. And uh, and wow, I was so wrong. You know, I, and that's what I just want to share with the people that have gone through it and then share with those who are going to go through it that I know what you're thinking. I was a guy sitting in that chair looking up at somebody talking to me, and I tell him all the time, I know, who's this old guy? Who's this 52-year-old has-been? who used to be a guy, I'm, I'm the new guy coming up. I can't wait to get out there and get at it. And I'm like, look, I know what you're thinking, but just put it in the back of your head for that day that you're going to need it. Trust me, like everything else I would teach you that you would listen, you know, wholeheartedly listen to me on shooting and CQB and how to take a life. Why would you not listen to me the same on how to protect your own life and save your own mental health?
1: Mm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's hard I think it's, it's, it's hard. Listen, as a psychological professional myself, I got to tell you, it is hard for us as human beings, you know, and, and at that level, it's even more difficult, you know, your level, but it is so hard for us to come to grips with our own stuff. You know, I, I say regularly, you know what? We all carry around a big, huge garbage sack of crap over our shoulder we all do that we have stored a whole bunch of stinky stuff uh in and we we don't like to open it up because it stinks and for some of us you know whatever that crud is that we have in there every now and then what happens something comes along and it stabs the back end of that sack and some of the the crap leaks out and it stinks and and we all have it but we also don't like looking in it and the only way we actually can be able to empty that garbage bag is we actually have to start looking at it for what it really right. is. Right. And I think that's the, yeah. go ahead.
2: Well, guys for carrying it, you know, they just forget they even have it. They've had it so long and you, you got to remind them it's the awareness that you're talking about. Hey, by the way, you're carrying a contractor bag, put it on your back mm. yeah. <laughs> in case you forgot yeah. if all your past, the things you've done or had done to you that. You're still toting around until you address it and look in there.
1: Yeah, and it's 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 not it's not easy to look at it, and because they because they it goes back to another issue that you stated early that Jen actually brought up with you, I think probably more recently, and that is, you know, the forgiveness aspect, because you, you know, there was you know because you had survivors' remorse, right? Which nobody ever talked about. Nobody talked about survivors' remorse, right? Right. Which, by the way, you know what? Basically, you're feeling guilt. You're not forgiving yourself, you know, for actually living. I mean, think about, think about the craziness of that for a second. You're forgiving yourself for not living or I mean, for living. I know.
2: Right. And it's, and I, I preach it as often as I can. Once I, once I got hold of it, but I fall victim to it myself still. And so it's like a constant cycle. I got to keep working on it, keep working on it. It's like, Oh, poor this, poor that, poor so. And I start to get down. It's like, no, no, no. That's not how they would want me to live my life. Mm -hmm. So I celebrate their lives now. I reach out to friends every day to check on the ones that don't complain. You know, let them know I love them, let them know I care about them. Whether they want to hear it or not, they hear from me. And I just keep going because we forget then we start to live in that misery and it starts to pile on and it becomes our identity. And then we just kind of hang on to it. And I see so many people that won't let go of it because it's seemingly their identity Poor me, poor veteran. I, you know, I lost so many friends and I missed combat so much. I'm like, do you really, Mm -hmm. do you really miss the chaos and death of combat? Or do you miss the tribe feeling of belonging to something Mm -hmm. which you can belong to so much in the world where you're still of service to help people. It doesn't have to be in combat with a weapon. Defending freedom or whatever it is. You you, you tell yourself right. it can be for any other thing But it's a service to someone else that makes people feel so much better And once I hear people say that on the phone, it's like hey the other day I helped a friend It was you know And it felt so good. I'm like exactly now Let's keep that going because you haven't talked about your problems in a while. You know, you're talking about how you're helping other people
1: mm. Yeah, by the way, we're talking with Tom Satterley uh, actually command sergeant major retired Tom Satterley uh, his book also Sec- all secure uh, he was uh, Delta Force for 20 plus years and uh, otherwise known as the unit. And uh, we're talking about, uh, you know, combat veterans, especially special ops guys and gals like him and who have gone through battle and then come home and then they have to deal with all the after effects, not just for themselves, but they also have to deal with the after effects of the families, you know, and the struggles that they have to deal with. and. And, uh, you know, Tom, one of the things that as I'm reading the book, right, you know, you and you bring this out too, is that, you know, you're doing anything that you can do to try to not remember, you know, so you drink more and then the drinking gets even more and then it gets even more and then there may be the pain pills because you're in pain and, or there may be the combination of the Ambient with the Rip energy drink, right? Uh, I mean yeah. I mean the, the, the one story that really stood out to me is uh, the the one story that really stands out to me is I think I think it's in is it, it was it Yusufia that you were in and the guy you're in the middle of a you're in the middle of a battle somewhere and one of the opera operators it that you've kind of lost touch with is literally talking to cows and then it's later <laughs> it's later found out that it was the combination of the ambient and the high energy drinks right I mean, do i have that yeah. right
2: uh yeah exactly right I, I answered those things back then with anger what are you talking about and i'm in charge and i got to get a hold of these people and then i look at it and i'm like oh my god this that happened in cows <laughs> never think of and It's, you know it's a funny story now that it's over and everything turned out. Okay. Um, but, but man, yeah. Taking something so often that you don't know you're taking it. So you take it again. I mean, it wasn't like, I don't, I don't think this person was taking them because they're not the kind of pill you take to feel good really as much. It's the kind of pill you take to kind of relax and go down and fighting. It can be fun, but, but to continually taking it in the day and then going on hits and then, and not knowing you're taking it, I was like, wow, the memory is gone, you know, the thought process is gone, but yet their muscle memory is there enough to do their job. They're still roping down, you know, a helicopter, they're in a firefight, they're chasing bad guys, and then, oh, by the way, let's go chat with a cow. And,
0: and, (laughs) you know,
2: I'm trying to suppress fire with an AC-130, but I can't because I got one guy missing, And, and they go find him talking to these cows and bring it back. I'm like, okay, he's dehydrated. This guy I didn't know at the time. Right. I just figured he's dehydrated. I'm going to put him out with a wounded guy and we'll, and we'll keep going. But when I got back to the to the house in Baghdad and went down to the basement and just kind of look around and being laying around, just just laying around everywhere. Just, I'm like, man, I really failed to check on my people. I just, you know, check on your strong friends. I thought you guys were okay. Right. right? I mean, the same with kids. When you go to, you leave your kids alone. Well, I thought you were fine. I mean, you find out years later, no, they were struggling the whole time, but you didn't check on them because you thought they were okay. Right. So I, I really stress communication and checking on your strong friends, whether you think they need it or not, because nobody runs around and tells people, I need help, especially our types. Right. Man, we're, that's, we 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 you about needing help, so we're definitely not going to admit it.
1: You know, it's interesting, on page 233 of the book, I'm just going to give this quote. Um, you said, it struck you that we were all addicted to the pills, to the energy drinks, to the lifestyle, to the cycle of rage and hatred. I had done my best to protect my guys from the enemy without realizing that sometimes the enemy was ourselves. Hmm. That's tough
2: to hear again. Yeah. um, That was a realization for me uh, when I, when I fully absorbed it all that, that, you know, I'm in charge. I'm supposed to set the example, but how do you set the example? when you're just as involved and just as addicted to the adrenaline and the rush and the drinking and the the pain pills and the ambient, everything you're doing to blend in and fit in and, and hide what it is you think you're hiding as a leader, we should be fully seeking out what's wrong with our people and help them with it. Help them be healthier. I mean, they're great warriors. There's nothing wrong with them other than themselves and the feelings and emotions that they don't want to deal with. But, I explain to people now, hey, you go to the range to get better. You go to the CQB daily to get better. You want to hone those skills down to the fine, you know, the fine, the hair, the milliseconds to be better. And that's important to you. But if you're struggling with anything, that can erase all of that, right? So why not work on every aspect to be a complete and full, fully healthy, holistic warrior who is who is mentally healthy and physically healthy and able to do their job and continue on? And then take that break when it's needed and I'm not worry that you're going to be passed on. That's hard to sell to some people. You wouldn't have sold it to me back then either. So I, I understand the struggle that I'm having fighting uphill to bring awareness to people who don't want to be aware of any weakness that they consider a weakness in their lives.
1: Uh, we're with Tom Satterly, uh, author of All Secure, uh, Special Operations Soldier Fight and Survive on the Battlefield and the Homefront. And you're listening to him here on A New Direction. Hey, folks, uh, listen, you know, New Direction sponsors, you know them really well. Epic Physical Therapy, right? They're my physical therapists. I've had several knee sur- surgeries, shoulder surgeries. I've ripped all the rotator cuffs off my shoulders. I've I've, I've had like seven knee surgeries. I've, I, listen, they've seen my entire body, right? Because I'm basically, uh, you know, a, a you know, I train hard and I still get injured and it's okay right here's the thing they offer the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment including the alter G anti-gravity treadmill which by the way with these knees I need all the anti gravity I can get trust me also they have the Norma tech compression sleeves and the game ready I love the game ready man ice-cold water flowing right you know through your legs it's just compression it's amazing I love the game ready Also, here's the other cool thing. They are trained and certified in the most comprehensive, cutting edge treatments available. Here's just some of my favorites, but there's tons more blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling. I love dry needling. Man, it just takes pressure and it's awesome. And then also cupping. Love cupping, the manipulating the muscle through the skin, and it's just awesome. You do get a little circles on your back or wherever you're getting the cupping done, but you know what? Trust me. It is really worth it. They go away. I promise you. Look, here's the deal. If you really are looking for epic relief, regardless of where you're at, whether it's an injury, where you want to move better, or you're a professional athlete, look, If you're really looking for Epic Relief, or you're looking for Epic Results, or you want uh, want Epic Recovery, or you want Epic Results, then you need to go to Epic Physical Therapy. And you can learn more by going to EpicPT.com, that's E-P-I-C-P-T.com. And Linda Craft and Team Realtors, you know what, they're located in Raleigh, North Carolina, but they're helping people all over the world, and they've been doing that for 35 years. You know what, Linda has built her business one person at a time because what she believes in is she believes in the relationship, which is why the thousands of people that she's helped in the course of her lifetime is all focused on one thing and that is the relationship that she makes with each individual, one person at a time. Because what she understands is it's not about the bricks and mortar of the home, it's about the memories and it's about the the, the things that happen in the home, right? And it's about people. And so she knows that the most important part of the home process is really you, the person. And so she would like to get to know you, what your dream is, what your family's dream is, what your future dream is. Maybe it's to downsize. Maybe it's to upsize. Maybe it's to grow your family. Whatever it is for you, Linda would like to get to learn more about you and what you want and need. And then you can also learn why her clients say their customer service is legendary. So why not talk to the Legends of Customer Service? Why not talk to Craft and team by going to lindacraft.com? That's L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. Um, we're back here on a new direction uh with uh, Tom Satterley and uh, his book, All Secure. Uh and Tom, you know what? We you know uh we have somebody on who is actually uh he was talking about that he survived Cobar. Um lower bombing terrorist attack and he lost 19 airmen and over 400 injured and he's being very honest and vulnerable here on facebook live talking about um i came home thinking i was going to be okay then the nightmare started and um and so you need to know that tom that the message that you are sharing with the people are relating to and um, you have people just out there, just shout, you know, shouting out to you, thanks for sharing, and they're relating to you here on the show. So, um, and I know that there's going to be thousands more um, doing that. So, you just need to know, you you do matter, and you are making a difference even right now at this very moment. So, I want you to know that, brother, um, as we go on to the show.
2: That's certainly good to hear, and I, I just I that makes us feel better. Every time we get a text, a call, anybody that reaches out and lets us know that any, any part of our story, anybody's story we brings on, we bring on, that helps them in some way feel better. Right. That's different for everybody. Right. You know, and not everybody's going to develop PTS. Not everybody's going to have PTS for a lengthy time, but those that do, and there's a lot, um, they need help with dealing with it. And and once they remove themselves from the culture of, you know, you're a warrior, there's not wrong with you. Um, you know, you're never vulnerable. You're always courageous. It's like, how do you say that? Because you cannot be courageous without being vulnerable. <laughs> There's nothing very courageous about fighting from a defended position, you know, where no, but nothing can happen to you. Right. So knowing that you're vulnerable, going out that gate to go into the city that, that wants you dead or full of a lot of people who want you dead right. is vulnerability. Right. And right. that is an okay word to use because you're making yourself vulnerable. It's what you do with those things that makes who you are. It's what you do, like you talked earlier with your emotions. People have feelings and emotions and they'll get angry and upset and hurt. It's what you do about it. It's how you behave when you feel that way that makes you who you are. Hmm. You know, if you lash out every time you get upset and scream and punch and grab people, yeah, that's who you are, right? That's what people are going to think you are. And that's, you you know, that's going to, that's going to tear you down as well. Those bullies always get torn down later. They tear themselves down because everybody knows that's not right. You know, a lot of people raise that way to be bullies. World leaders like that were raised in a world where they don't, almost, almost don't think they're wrong, just as warriors don't think what they're doing um, is wrong, until they sit down and think about it later. When the true feelings and emotions of who you are come out, and it affects us all in different ways.
1: Yeah, listen, th- this, this is the thing about humans, right? No two human beings are the same. And so how we deal right. with how we deal with stuff is going to be uniquely different and I think we have to remove that judgment and I think as civilians because you know as civilians we are not we're not paying attention you, you know you 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 wrote something it's you wrote something here in chapter 24 and I'm just going to read what you wrote here you said I was capable of putting two rounds into the head of a terrorist while running but no one taught me how to go home lock all the violence and brutality away in some safe in my head and then relate to my son or help my wife decide what color to paint the bedroom wall. And then you go on to say, you know what, PTS manifests itself in alcoholism, substance abuse, domestic violence, impulsivity, poor decision making. That turns into DUIs, extramarital affairs and run-ins with the law. What civilian boss wants to deal with that sort of a personality? One with an explosive temper or addiction to alcohol or pain pills. And that, that line right there, that you quoted hit me literally punched me right in the face because this is where All Secure, your foundation, really I feel like hits home for all of the all of the men and women out there who are struggling that first of all there's a place that they can there's a place that they can go. And not just the combat veterans, but their combat veterans families. So let's talk a little bit about All Secure in terms of what you're doing and how we're helping and maybe how people can help. I, I'm actually, if people are watching live, basically, listen, I'm wearing the hat. This is the All Secure hat, uh, which is a really cool hat. And I'm also wearing the t-shirt, the All Secure t-shirt. This is the guy's t-shirt. It's really, really cool. Uh, and you can go to all secure all foundation.org and you can buy this cool gear too and support All Secure. Um, because it, it's really cool. You can also buy Tom's book, All Secure, that supports the foundation. Um, but, Tom, talk to a little bit more about All Secure and how we can get involved and how people, maybe veterans or non-veterans, can get involved and what they, what you guys are doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. What, what we're about is, is exactly what you said. We're about the Special Operation Combat Warriors and their families, their spouses right now. Um, reintegrate learn how to communicate, learn how to be in a relationship again, and um, become aware of the triggers of PTS, what it looks like, and we give them tools to fight it along the way. And then we stick with them. We do this through four-day retreats. Um, This year, sadly, we had six, um, seven scheduled. We conducted one, and so far, we've canceled all of them up until now. Um, We still have two more on the books coming up this year, and if things open up, we're going to start making more plans to fill in some slots. But you know, with the travel bans and things like that, it's getting a little tough this year. So we were moving into online content anyway, and we were going to take it slow and we were starting to redo our website, which is pretty much almost done now. Um, But we've pushed all of our online content and we've gotten it done already. And now once we can get together, we're going to film and we're going to post that online. So what we're going to do over the course of the next two years we've done in the last two months And so that's good for us in in the numbers of people we can reach that need help. People, civilian, you know, single guys, anybody really who wants this can take this because PTS is not just, you know, we don't just reserve that for the military alone, right? right? We've got a lot of first responders and doctors and nurses and people on the front lines. And you know what? I'm going to say people that work at a grocery store, anybody who is out there still working terrified that this virus might kill them because nobody knows what's going on, right? I mean, as much as we like to act like we do and argue back and forth, we don't really know what's going on yet and what this means. We know it's financially devastating and it's hurting a lot of people, but it's terrifying a lot of people. And we've, we've quadrupled our work um, on the phone and online in the last few months with, we open it up to first responders and medical professionals, basically anybody who's, who's on the front lines fighting this to reach out to us for help. So we kind of opened up our aperture a bit during all of this, because just like in combat, when you're terrified on the front lines of an unseen enemy, that's what I that's what I equate this uh, virus to. Now, we've taken all the symptoms of PTS, the isolation, you know, the unknown, the fear. You have an enemy out there and we've thrown it at, at the world and said, now isolate and don't don't go anywhere. Put a mask on. We don't know what's going on. So it's terrifying. A lot of people who have never been trained to do this. And so our, our phone um, calls have increased, like I said, quadruple to help people along the way. But but we've, we've launched further. We're going to start filming hopefully in June to be able to put stuff out online and help more people. But but what we need is, honestly, we are, I tell this, and it's always hard for me to say this, but we always need money. People need money to operate. We do these retreats a year with 12 couples at a time. That That's awesome. I mean, the book and everything, all the money from the sales of the book and all our shirts goes to help veterans. And it goes straight back to the foundation, but we definitely need more money, whether it's whatever anybody can, can, can afford, right? We don't ever ask for what you can afford, but all of our money goes back in to help veterans in our programs that we do. We, we, we care deeply. I was one of them. My wife has seen it. We used to work in it with, you know, together training people for years. And now she just, she's with her, um, her empathy level as the person that she is and so loving she had to stop the training with me. She's like, "Listen, I can't train these people to go to war anymore. I have to I have to help them after war. I'm too empathetic. Too many people were not coming back from their deployments that she knew. And it was too sad for her. I mean, it's, it's sad for anybody, but I mean, that's that's why we started the foundation. And we will expand next year into um, the children as well, which we already have the therapists now that volunteer their time to help, but we just can't do it in volume, So it's not, we don't want to offer it and then not be able to serve people, but we're, we're also going to roll into the children because we've seen a lot of issues with that.
1: So Tom, why don't you, why don't you tell people how, you know, where can they send it? I mean, I know you have a Facebook page. I also know that you have an Instagram page, uh, for all secure foundation. Uh, so, uh, tell them, you know, is there, is there a place on all? So it's all secure foundation.org. Correct? Yes.
2: That's our, that's our website. Everything you, you need, you can go directly there and it'll take you back to either videos that we have that help you, whether on, on YouTube or on our site, or whether it's a resource that you need that we have a lot of resources, which we started out as a resource library to make it easier for people to find help. So we still do that. And so if people call us, if it's not something we do, we talk to them for a while and then we find out what's going on. And then we direct them to somebody we've already vetted that we know is good. And we get them on the phone right away and we connect them. Um, we're also offering um, individual counseling services now that we're paying through our foundation, up to three one-hour phone or VTC sessions for people in need. You know, if they reach out to us and they talk, and, and it's just a good old talking will help them out, you know, and it's beyond our control because we're not therapists. We don't do that. We don't treat or diagnose. We just talk with our experience. Then we'll pass them along to our emotionally focused therapist um, who helps them out. And, and she is amazing in a way that she has taught me how to Thank those things I needed in combat, violence, aggression, lack of empathy, all those things that kept me alive, um, that that were bothering me in my life now. Basically sat it down, thanked it for what it did for me in the part of my lives that I needed it for. And I told I no longer needed it. I know I don't need you to help me tell the kids to do the dishes. I don't need you to help me in a conversation with my wife. It doesn't work out that well. Mm. When when crawler, my call sign, comes out. Right, we kind of break it down. Now, is this Crawler talking or is this Tom talking? When it's <laughs> Crawler talking, Crawler doesn't get to talk to the kids or the wife that way. You know, then we got to get Tom back here to talk to the kids and the wife because Crawler is a combat warrior who, who gets things done right now, no matter what. And all these feelings and emotions that go along with it have to get thrown aside. So I've learned to remove that. And that's what I want to help people with is that, you know what, you needed it. You don't need it now. You live in the world of possibility versus probability of violence. So you can get rid of some of that training and and, and remove that thought that everybody has. well, do you feel like you're less of a warrior? What if you ever had to draw up on those experiences again? You know what? My training's still there. That, that warrior's still inside me. He just He's a little dusty and a little rusted, but I can still pull it out and be still more trained than most people that are going to approach me. So I don't need to use that excuse, well, I want to stay a warrior till the day I die just in case. Because, you know what? You need to be there for your spouse and your family, and you need to be that person that they need, that loving, caring individual.
1: Uh, Tom Satterley, I'm just in awe <laughs> I'm just telling you, I'm just I'm sitting here I'm listening to you and I'm just in awe of everything brother do you know we've been on for an hour no <laughs> no <laughs> we've been on for an hour and I want to tell you this has been one of the most uh, inspiring one of the most important shows I think I've ever done and I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart um, for you being so honest and vulnerable, I want to thank you for, um, you know, and Jen too because she got me my gear, you know, before the show and everything. And I want to thank you for the people that you're helping. I believe in what you do. And ladies and gentlemen, you can go to allsecurefoundation.org, make a donation. Yeah, I said it. I don't ever say that. I'm telling you. Um, you know what he said to you? He said, you know what? Um, uh, he, he said that what they need is money. And the truth is they do and so I am asking you please it's Memorial Day weekend coming up and I know some of you are things are getting relaxed and you're thinking about going to the beach you know what instead of maybe buying that extra six-pack or that extra handle or that fifth or whatever why not send it over to All Secure Foundation Um, because you know what They, they need it and I believe in what they're doing I believe, in, um, I believe in everything that they're, they stand for and what they do. And we've got a lot of guys and gals out there who are dying internally. Uh, you may not see it. Uh, I may not see it, but they're dying. And uh, we have a responsibility uh, to, I believe personally, that we have a responsibility here at home to be the warriors for them that they've been for us on the road when they come back. And so we need to do that. So, Tom, before I let you go, I'm going to ask you one last question. All right? And the show's called A New Direction because we try to help people find a new direction in their life or their career, their business, or just a different thought process and success and leadership. If you could leave the listeners with just one thought to give them a new direction when it comes to all of this, what would Tom Satterly, Command Master Sergeant Retired of Delta Force, say?
2: I would say to lead with love. And not fear, and I'll explain for people who who cringed, or who know me and wonder wonder what what they did to the real Tom Satterley, and who's talking now. But when I led with fear, screaming and yelling, and get this done now, and uh, you know, everybody would get things done when you're there because they don't want to provoke your wrath. But when I figured it out and led with love, and got to know who was who my people were and who worked with me, and personally got to know them and fully and holistically they would do anything they could to make me look good, to make the mission work and to further along our objective because whether I was there or not, because they wanted the mission to succeed. They knew I cared about them and they felt heard and seen. So lead with love. You can, you can be a leader and still love your people and lead with love. You don't have to scream and yell and cuss and throw things. People get things done just the same
1: with love. Well, I don't know what else to say, folks. You know what? That's the show. You heard it, Tom Satterly. I always say be inspired, but I'm not even going to say that. I'm going to say lead with love. I'm just going to go right along with him because you know what? He's right. Folks, we need to lead with love. It starts with us. doesn't start with anybody else. As I say to you every week, you know what? I thank you for listening. You've been a great audience. Thank you all over the world for being a part of this show. I never dreamed that we would be where we are at but I appreciate every one of you, wherever you are, wherever you're listening, whatever you're doing. Thank you so much. I am so grateful for every single one of you. Thank you, all of you, and thank you, Tom. Thank you, Jen. Thank you, all the people who support All Secure Foundation. Thank you, all of our veterans uh, who everywhere, uh, the families who have lost loved ones. God bless you. I, I mean that at the bottom of my heart. And uh, we thank you too, uh, families at home, for doing what you do so as I close the show I say it the same way every way and I will say it again this week you know what I will see you next week with another great show another great guest have a safe weekend I will talk to everybody soon ciao everybody you can find the
0: Your confidence and the answers don't make sense. Got to keep your hope alive. You got to know you can survive. This is your time. Dreams take